are you, are you doing with that rumpy? I'm doing well, man. I'm loving it. I'm you loving sure? life. Be easy, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Fully booked at full underscore e underscore booked on the Instagram, on the on the Twitter, on the uh, Facebook, also on the iTunes. Type us in. We've now introduced visuals as well for those listening on our podcast on the podcast on your, on your apps. Um, season three. We're now reading a book called The Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes. Um, myself, Mace, in the studio alongside P. French. Nadal, the psychologist. Who we thought would be relevant for the book we're reading. The book we're reading, The Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes. For those who want to go out, buy the book, read along with us and help to relate it to everyday life and society and times. Um, all being said, French, we're going to pass into yourself and see what you've got to kind of hit us with on the introductions. Uh, I'll jump straight in with the preface. I mean, I was going to basically go in to see what the definitions of what mask is and what masculinity is. So we'll quickly touch on that quickly, then we'll go into the preface. So as described in a book, it says, mask is a cover or partial cover for the face you for disguise. Something that serves to conceal or disguise, a pretense or a cloak. Masculinity, male, having qualities appropriate to or usually associated with a man. Jumping straight into page seven, the preface, um, Lewis House basically says, I had achieved so much of what I wanted with my book and with my career, but deep down I was asking myself about what's the point of it all. I had no one to share it with. I had no intimacy or deep connection with anyone else. Do you think this is a fear of the general public or for entrepreneurs? That's for anyone. Um, my personal opinion, I think that's a general thing. I think people in the main have a fear of kind of like stepping out, dare I say, maybe on on their own and then, do, and then like embarking on a challenge which involves them on their own rather than maybe working alongside someone kind of thing. So I think that's a fear in general. I mean, I've kind of like set up projects as you, as you know, or as we know. And I think in setting up projects and stuff like that, I think you need to, I mean, have a very strong kind of like backbone and you need to be confident in regards to doing this type of thing so I think it's a, a thing in general yeah what about you Mesh what's the question again is this a fear of the general public or entrepreneurs like in terms of having having something to share well Big, from, a, from a, yeah from a personal from a personal point of view and I can at the moment the first thing that's sticking out in my head is I'm relating it to holidays and traveling because that's as you guys know one of my passions okay cool and I've always said or well, not always said but one of my things that it's, 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 I mean, it's you the other day. Yeah, I know. We had this conversation. One of my things is when you go and tour the world or see the world or see certain parts, elements of the world and see amazing and beautiful things in the world, sometimes if you're traveling alone, yeah, it's great. You've got that memory. No one can take that away from you. And for me, that's life's about learning. Life's about discovering amazing things in the world and kind of coming out of your everyday bubble. But I feel like strong bonds and strong companionship, not necessarily relationships in terms of um, uh, sexual or as in together, Yeah. but um, strong bonds and strong companionships. There's like, if you share an amazing experience together, whether that's traveling and seeing an iconic sunset in the middle of China, I don't know, innit? Um, I feel like that helps to glue your friendship together. You've got these shared memories which no one can take from you. Yeah. So it's things like that that I think we should work and strive towards in everyday life. We, should, we shouldn't be selfish, we should be more selfless. And also we should, try and we should try and make memories together, achieve together. If you're kind of, for me, if you're, imagine all your, you and your people have grown up together, yeah? yeah? 
one of you strives on and becomes majorly successful, all your people are still struggling with everyday life. Yeah. You're going to be at the top by yourself if if you're still kind of... And your people below, you're going to resent. They're going to resent you, I feel like. Yeah. So you have to... For me, you have to try and help to achieve together and help each other to all kind of push to the top and be as one together and enjoy that success. You know what I'm saying? I would feel a bit wrong or I wouldn't feel... It wouldn't sit right with me if I made 10 million dollars tomorrow... 10 million, um, pounds tomorrow mm-hmm. and then my people that like my people that I've grown with are all struggling it makes no sense to me having that money I don't need all that money do you know what I'm saying yeah for me I would I would want to share that with my people and just everyone kind of at equal level and we can just all enjoy life together that's 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 my opinion so I don't know what what your thoughts are on it um it depends I mean why why would you be the only person that's made a success and everyone hasn't I'm saying if you did if you did yeah I'm not saying necessarily that only one of your group can achieve in life just saying if you were because I think what French is relating to he's saying what were you saying? <laughs> so, you're talking about, so you're talking about stepping out on your own like, <laughs> like do people find it difficult stepping out on their own whether it's their entrepreneurs me, do you want me to write the, um, read the excerpt again I had achieved so much of what I wanted to with my book and with my career but deep down I was asking myself about the point of all point of it all I had no one to share it with. Mm-hmm. I had no intim- intimacy or deep connection with anyone else. Mm-hmm. So my question was, is that a fear of the general public or of entrepreneurs? Because obviously he's an entrepreneur, Stephanie, yeah, writing a book, etc. And obviously my answer was, I think it's a general public thing. I mean, it's funny because he touched on travelling and stuff like that. And I could be wrong, and it may be Ray, I'm not too sure, in regards to like, the influence of my answer. But like um, my first, obviously... I've grown up with Mason obviously for a long, long time. But my first real memory in terms of maybe kind of like, dare I say, maybe cementing our, our friendship and our bond really was the holiday and trip we took to Brazil. Mm-hmm. I'm not even too sure even Columbia. how that came. But we went to Brazil before. I know Colombia definitely set it off as well, but we went to Brazil before. And then from there, obviously, we went to Colombia, obviously, when I went traveling for um, three months. But Brazil kind of cemented it in regards to our friendship because Brazil was an amazing holiday. Mm. Then, obviously, when we went to Colombia, where I went on holiday for three months, again, obviously, the experiences we had there were... In fact, yeah, things were kind of new again, dare I say, because I hadn't been away with Mason for... In fact, obviously, I've been away with you when Brazil was like about nine, ten days. But Colombia, again, obviously, was a long period of time kind of thing. And it was a little bit different because last time we were staying in hotels, whereas this time we were actually backpacking where we were staying in hostels and stuff like that. So the environment, obviously, is a little bit different. Different for myself um, because it was my first time. Obviously, Mason, obviously, had experienced it before. But I felt it kind of like changed the dynamic, obviously, of our friendship kind of thing. And for me, from from then onwards, obviously, I think we're always going to be friends anyway. But for me, it kind of cemented our friendship for, for life, dare I say. How's that related to the question? That was nice, yeah. touching. No, no, it was touching. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I've actually. Uh, no, you were talking about sharing. No. I guess that's in the context of intimate relationships. Yes. So that's going to be the, your kind of significant other, as opposed to like friendships. What are you saying? Shut up, man. <laughs> um, it was so it's in relation to fear of entrepreneurs of achieving by themselves. Is, is that, it a fear of the yeah. general public, or is it more of an entrepreneurial thing? To well, a fear of achieving. Achieving. achieving something and not having nothing to share it with. So, so basically, if you work for uh, a big company and mm. you get the big promotion, yeah, you go home and there's no one there to say, "Oh, babe, I've got the big promotion." Like, yeah. Is that- Something yeah, like, you know, no, sorry, sorry to cut you up. Yeah, so, yeah, apologies. Yeah. Now, I want to explain obviously why I said that. It's obviously because <laughs> when I've gone traveling previously, obviously I've gone traveling with Mason a couple of in Brazil, been in South America, and then obviously I've gone to Central America. And we've discussed obviously over the past couple of weeks that. Although my stories have been fantastic and stuff like that, by and large, obviously my friends here in London, I've had no one really to share it with. Mm. But obviously when I went Colombia with Mason, yeah. all right, 
he, I was able to share those fantastic experiences with him. So when I'm explaining what, what took place in Nicaragua, Costa Rica, or what have, or, or what have you, yeah. and because of my experiences in Colombia, he's able to relate. Does that make sense? And then from there, obviously, not that our bond obviously becomes stronger, but that that we're, we're kind of sharing that same type of energy we had God knows how many years ago, like here and now. Does that kind of make a bit more sense? Well, I hope it does anyway. <laughs> yeah. I hope it does. Um, well, it makes sense to me anyway. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't no know if it's. Rain, no I don't. All right. I. I don't. Because I think what you're hit. You're, you're kind of guiding towards is do do entrepreneur do entrepreneurs have a different mindset almost? Are they maybe selfish is the wrong word to use, but that's the first thing that's coming to mind right now. Are they a bit more selfish and that I want to achieve this for me, f everyone else, and I don't I don't need anyone to share it with. I I've got me, mm-hmm. and whereas because I know what you're saying when you when you kind of gave the example with coming home from a big promotion and no one to share it with it's almost like does it even matter then do you yeah. get what I'm saying that feeling like if you can't share it with someone yeah, yeah. like what's the point yeah. and that's how I live in life as well like yeah. I want to share experience general experience with people do you get what I'm saying so would you say it's more of a general public thing for people to, to have that fear almost I don't know no I think no I think it's definitely a general public thing I mean I know it touches um, later on in the book and I remember looking at this today actually um, one examples um, where I'm not too sure the actual individual but what he goes on to say is like he had a very like selfish mind, um, mind state at the time and I'm not too sure the type of um, adjectives he was using but he said later on in life obviously once he's experienced all this type of stuff he wished he had a bit more of a um, I don't want to say well, for a lack of a better word a bit of a m- more mellow kind of like personality and was a bit more easy and a bit more relaxed to share with people yeah. mm. I, I, I imagine it it has a lot to do with your values it depends what your idea of success is mm-hmm. okay. so he's into sports right yeah, yeah he sports? is yeah he was a sportsman sportsman so imagine right. he's part of the team what is, his, what is his idea of success within that team is it the fact that he's part of the team yeah is it the fact that he's captain of the team yeah would it be good enough for him to just be the mascot on the team Mm-hmm. It depends on what his values are and what success means. You raise a good point because actually later on in the book he talks about team and what part, what role you play in the team and how you feel about a personal success and the team success. That's mm-hmm. a good point. It does, yeah. yeah. All right, so... French, what was your... Sorry, because I want to get your opinion. Because that, that question had us it's, 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 go I in roundabouts. I think it's a general public thing. I think it's general. Mm. But moving on. <laughs> uh, going on to the uh, introduction. Yes, on page one, I was the way I was taught by my dad. Just like his dad taught him, just like we've all seen on TV and in the movies, I was following their lead on the path to becoming a real man. Mm-hmm. So my question being, was you told how to be a man or guided to be a man by your dad? It's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of both still. I don't know why I jumped off to this question, but I think it's <laughs> all of you know my pops, pops. Yeah. that's why you know what he's like. <laughs> but it's the thing. So I, this sticks it out in the memory, yeah? This sticks out in the memory so much. I remember, I can't remember why I was crying. I can't remember why I was crying, but these words never left my head. Why are you crying? Did I give you something to cry for? <laughs> That's a standard line. Yeah, did, I, did I give you something to cry for? Yeah. I'll give you something to cry for, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah. as if to say, a, 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 a man, even, or a young boy I was at the time, yeah. does not cry for no reason or any emotion. You can't have emotional reasons to be crying. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's funny you should you said say yeah. that because I think later on down, I think another point I was going to make in terms of culturally because I think culturally, I'm glad you I that. fully understand that because I used to hear that all the time from my mum and my dad. I'll mm. give you something to cry for. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're just crying, just barling first. Yeah. It could be for anything, but whatever it may be, it's a definite sentiment I feel though. Yeah, man, and that just stuck with me, and I swear I've barely cried since. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, maybe it's like, because we're all 
of an Afro-Caribbean background. Yeah. And does it stem back to when our grandfather, grandparents, great-grandparents came over right. and they got so much stick, stigma, racism thrown at them, which is all emotional. They had the physical abuse as well, yeah. that maybe the whole emo- emotional side of it, they just had to back to one side and say, do you know what, I just need to get on yeah. and like deal with the physical side because yeah. otherwise it's going to break me down. Maybe that's, they've had kids now, times have changed, mm-hmm. they have changed and now we that well it's not so it might still be exist but it's not so public dom like it's not so open out in the open you don't have teddy boys and all these kind of things no more do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so is it the case whereby we should adapt with the times and we can be a bit more emotional as men and if there's something on our on our on our chest that we need to get off talk about it or is it the case where as we're going to discuss later that a real man still unless he's physically hurt he just takes that to one side. He has to. You've got you've got the stereotypical female who have the emotional, be the emotional kind of yeah. roller coaster relationship, and you might have the kids. You have to deal with have to deal with the bills and whatnot in the house. You've got to keep it all together as the man. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Is that is that is that is that the case? Is that is that belief? That's that's definitely the stereotype that I came under mm. in terms of. It's not to say be emotionless, but emotions wasn't really you weren't I wasn't trying to be shown any emotion like my dad was very stern do you know what I mean my yeah. mum was that emotional if I wanted emotional love I would have to go to my mum in regards to my dad it was straight discipline do you know what I mean so yeah, yeah. in terms of the question was I was I told how to be a man or guided I think I was more told how to be a man initially but as I got older I was kind of guided from a distance because obviously I get to a certain age and it's like licks ain't gonna do me nothing so yeah. I can't really tell you what to do I'm gonna have to kind of guide you and give you advice here and there so that's where the guidance starts to become more of a implement rather than I'm telling you don't do this don't do that mm-hmm. don't cry when I, when I haven't hit you or whatever or not do you know what I mean so I think as you said I'll, I'll probably agree with you it's a bit of both What's, I'll be interested to get Adele's thoughts on this and the reason being because you're the female in the room and I know you've got you've got, you've got siblings right yeah, so it might be good to get your perspective on kind of growing up in your household, how maybe you was you was treated and dealt with differently to you've got a brother. Yeah, yeah, to your brother. I don't know. So what's what's your what's your views? Or was you was was your household very open and very no. express your emotions on the table? No, so I guess it's the same kind of my brother would probably would describe his experiences like yours as well. I'll give mm. you something to cry for. Yeah. Boys don't cry. I could cry all the time. I, th- I guess maybe because I was the youngest as well. Mm-hmm. I was just a prolific cryer and it was fine. My well, sister was the oldest. Yeah. Um, and she was the kind of template model child. So we, we all had our own kind of identities within that. But when my brother was the only boy, mm. he did take a lot of the guidance from my dad in terms of, you know, men are the strong kind of presence in the house. As you grow, you'll be successful, you'll be the breadwinner, you provide mm. for the family. Okay, traditional values. Yeah, really traditional. Yeah. Um, and we're West Indian background as well, so those yeah. were the kind of morals that that were still instilled with us. So, mm. yeah. Do you guys still, you touched on traditional values and kind of breadwinner and them kind of things, and, and that still rests with me, even though things have changed in society. Mm. I still feel like that I need to be provided in that house. Like, don't worry, when, when you get through that door, mm anything that's going on in the outside world that's disturbing you, I'll take the, all that stress, all that financial burden almost off your hands. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it's just it's just something that it's 
it's just been ingrained in me and it's hard to because things have changed big time yeah. you know what I'm saying my, my, my personal opinion anyway like kind of like even backtracking a bit I know because we discuss um, dare I say the male and obviously I know female role hasn't been discussed too much but I think way back when I think there was a cycle that was put in place so for example just say there was a um, I don't even know for there, just, just, like, there was someone who's for the first time went on a, a voyage in terms of being a man and so on and so forth and I think that individual maybe learnt through experience in regards to actually if this happens that happens kind of thing and then from there obviously he's passed that information down to his son actually he's passing information down to his son as to well son if you're not strong and if you show your feelings then people are going to take advantage of you and stuff like that and I think those kind of like templates were put in place way back when as to kind of like how to behave. And then from there, I think these are molds that I've strug- people have struggled to break until now as to where I think um, a lot of things have changed, things people have evolved. And then from there and from now, I think people are allowed to be a bit emo- emotional. And certainly in my household, that type of thing was not allowed to be, no way. No have way, you, Jose. You've got, you got a brother and a sister. Yeah, I've got a brother and a sister. My sister was allowed to like, by, by my, from my perspective, not that she was allowed to do what she wanted to do, but I mean, um, in relation to discipline, I think I took all the brunt kind of thing. She did something that was my fault. My brother did something that was my fault. Yeah, because you know, I'm the oldest. Yeah, because I'm the yeah. oldest, which yeah, I never yeah. quite understood, but I think that made me a stronger person kind of thing, yeah. which is why I kind of think, I think throughout the course of the book, not that I disagree with Lewis Howes in any way, mm. shape or form, but I have strong views in regards to why um, certain things are the way they are, but at the same time, I'm very flexible as to change and because I know people have evolved would you say you were told how to be a man though or more guided um more I'm, guided subconsciously or inadvertently not necessarily guided like this is what a man does let me show you but more your dad you go out with your dad I don't know hard days work and see son this is this is what makes mum's proud it's funny because like, I can't really remember I can't really remember any moments as such but I'm sure it was a bit of both kind of thing because my dad it's funny because I say this to everybody kind of thing like to the outside world I was going to use that. I won't say he's a clown, but he's like, he's a real jovial person. No, 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 I'm joking. Like, he's a real jovial person. My dad like loves the banter kind of thing. Anyone yeah. say, yo, your dad in English, when he's talking in English, he's funny, but when he's talking in his native and tree, mad funny kind of thing. But whereas in the household, it was really funny, but at the same time, discipline was kind of like a, a way of order kind of thing. If I did anything that was out of line or disrespectful, I'd know about it kind of thing. I'd be in trouble kind of thing. Anyone who's obviously of the, or, Anyone who's obviously of of an African background will tell you, certainly in this day and age, that'd be classed as abuse kind of thing. But like, no, no, 100%, that'd be classed as abuse. But I mean, back then it was the norm kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? If my dad was in and around me now, I mean, obviously our relationship is a little bit different now. Um, I think he'd still say like he he disagrees with this or disagrees with that. But I think those things held me instead in regards to who I am today. Do you know what? I think, when do you guys, this is slightly, it's, it's, it's related to the topic, but when do you guys think the guidance of a man in your life is really needed. Do you, would you say it's from, from birth all the way through to adulthood or would you say there are key elements? Because the reason I ask that question, because you raised a good point when you say about guided or told. When I got to about the age of um, 11, 12, my dad went, 13, my dad went really around for a while. Mm. So because of that, there was there was another man in the household who came along, but it wasn't it wasn't the case whereby we had that relationship. Yeah, there wasn't a bond. It, there wasn't a bond there, yeah? Mm. And because of that, it's almost like, I, I, I don't know, I don't even know who I, who I took guidance from, my, my peers, I don't know. I, I'm trying to put a finger on if there's if there's any kind of man figure I took guidance from for those years my dad went around. And they were key years for me. Mm. I think going into your teenage years, um, studying, 
um, going through to your college, university, is you really become, you come into your own, you get to know yourself, you start to develop your personality big time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of influences in your life can, can really impact on how your life your life unfolds. So I don't, when I kind of think, I definitely weren't told, and the reason being, my pops weren't really around for a while, but I don't know, I'm trying to think who might have guided me, whether it was my peers or whether I just had this idealistic view of this is what a man does, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of emotion actually stayed within me yeah. because I couldn't express it. I, I just didn't know how to. And yeah. do you know what I mean? I, even now, even now, I'm not, it's weird because sometimes I can get mad emotional but you won't see a, a tear, a droplet, True. nothing. And I'm like, is there something wrong with me because of that? I don't, I don't understand it because I do feel stuff. You know, you can watch a sad film on a, on a TV. Yeah. And you know how they, they paint these films, they've got the, that, that, that sorry music, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It gets your heartstrings and that. But I'm like, I don't want to cry. But I'm like, should I be crying? Like, I probably feel emotional, but there's no tears. Nah, do you get what I'm saying? I'm, and I'm just like, right, is that? Like, I'm, I'm not a cold bastard. I know I'm not. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's weird. It's just a weird thing. Nah, it's I just a weird thing. Weird. It's proper weird. Like, I don't cry. It's funny because not weird. I think that's a lot of men still. That's, I, that's I don't know. I think it's definitely you. But I mean, <laughs> I mean it's definitely you. Content you. It's funny because like in reading this book, what I feel is like we've obviously we read the book attached previously, yeah. and I feel there's a lot of correlation between the two. I think there's times in here where mm. we're discussing. So what were the um, attachment styles? Secure, secure, secure anxious, anxious and avoidant. It is definitely avoidant in this book, 120%. Oh, and it's definitely secure. And So I know, obviously, avoidant kind of like touches on yourself, but I think there's definitely avoidant here and I think it's definitely secure. Sorry, you were saying something, Mason. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, no. I think, like, those years that you were talking about, I mean, I thought about this kind of clear and hard and I've wrote, obviously, some notes about this as well. Yeah. I mean... I think when you're growing up, no, sorry, first and foremost, I think there's a default way of way kind of like men behave kind of thing as to like a standardized, this is Template. men, they're strong, they're this, they're that, and so on and so forth. And where, is that from, car- like where? I'm going to say that comes from, I don't know, like, like me, I'm, I'm exaggerating it a lot, but that comes from like, I don't want to say caving, but way back when kind of thing. That was a preset, this is how men behave. You know, I mean, yeah, I think it comes from way back when. And then like your influences, like as to this day and age, I mean, at that age, my dare I say, my relationship with my father wasn't the greatest at the time. So the type of people I took influence from were the people around me, from what I saw on television, and dare I say, my heroes. I mean, my heroes and those people I looked up to. So I was really heavily into football at the time. So my the people I looked up to in terms of their personality and the way they carried themselves were footballers. And I know footballers, they've got a real kind of like bad stigma. But funny enough, the footballers I kind of like looked up to, to were the ones who were predominantly quite intelligent. And just the way they carried themselves and just... Yeah, just the way they carry themselves. But what I find interesting is that obviously I think we're all talking in the context of being raised with parents with yeah. your father. Yeah. But what about those who haven't been raised with their fathers or don't know their fathers? I think that's uh, well, that's when yeah. you get your your outside peers, like a lot of the olders, and you get obviously TV as well. You get the music. That's where those kind of things come into play. Now, especially because obviously um, when I was coming up, I was probably one of the very few people who had both parents in their lives mm-hmm. and still were home together. So fortunately, um, me seeing my dad every day, wasn't it wasn't a big deal. Like I almost took it for, for granted. granted because yeah. Well, your spot, it should be. Yeah, no, but it should be. Yeah, it should be. But again, going back to male influences on some of my peers, they didn't have none. So they would then look up to some of the older guys that was in the area whatever they was doing, whether it was good or bad, but that's who they would get their influences from. Whereas, used to go to a youth club and uh, the, the guy that ran the youth club, 
he was a big influence on a lot of us or some of the older guys that was a few years older than us were big influences so the people that didn't have fathers would have looked at those particular individuals as someone to look up to whether it's in a negative light or a positive yeah. light if you're getting shown a certain amount of attention from this individual that you consider that's older than you and, and is a man you're going to get drawn to them especially if it's like okay they're being positive towards you whether they're doing positive things in their life and whatever what have you the relationship that you two may have is going to be a big influence on how you view the world you touched on the point where you said about your f- you were one of the only people in your kind of circle or peer group mm. who had um who had your father on the scene store and actually there's someone who we both know that went to our school and um I've, we've been I've been keeping in contact with him recently and he we had a little like a little bit of a of a like a reminiscence reminisce we was reminiscing yeah. we had a session like just reminiscing about yeah. school days and growing up and stuff yeah and he said he said like mate it's like when we was when we was younger I probably used to like not not be envious or jealous, but I used to be like, look, like Mace got it made, like his dad still lives at home. I know mm. you're talking about straight. Yeah, you know. You were even talking about you were yeah. like, exactly like him in that yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, your dad was at home, like you had it made, like that's one thing I'm proper like almost envious of, like my dad weren't around. I just used to think like, look at this guy, man. He's got his mum and his dad. Like mm. who still has that? Like yeah. and I was like, yeah, but that was no, like because obviously at a certain age that that weren't the case. But yeah. I was just like that just normal. it was yeah. normal, like yeah, cool. and it's my car. I got older half brother. Yeah, and. I think like because I don't think my dad I don't well I don't know the history yeah, yeah. fully but obviously I've known I've always known my dad from when I was born up until a certain age being there and obviously yeah. my older brother will come come round and stuff mm-hmm. but I don't know how different it would have been for him growing yeah, yeah, yeah. up to me yeah. because it's almost like I think my mum has said to me like it's almost like because I was like the second boy it's like you know you, you learn from you know, your errors or things you could have done better. Yeah. And my dad really done a good job. He used to take us football. He used to take a load. No, of us, he used to take a load of us football. Like yeah. proper got involved. So he proper got involved in my childhood. And like it's when the older you get, you start to appreciate and realize how valuable that that was and is. Do you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Of course. Proper. No worries. Just to move on slightly. On page two. According to F- the FBI's 2015 annual report on crime in the US, nearly 88% of all homos- homicides are committed by men. Men in the US are six times, and just because I know we're a UK audience, but mm-hmm. this is a US-made book. we got US followers as well. But basically, men in the US are six times more likely to commit suicide than women. Meanwhile, they are significantly less likely to seek help from a suicide prevention institution and half as likely to, sim- to simply visit a doctor. Why and is going to the doctors deemed weak by men, do you reckon? Before you answer that, Adele, as soon as you didn't mm. even finish and Adele straight away was <laughs> nodding her head, yeah. why? Because it's, need- it's a one-in fact yeah. that there's a gender indifference between men and women as to when to kind of seek help. Yeah. And even in... Is this something you've... Because oh, obviously... Sorry, Adele, qualified psychologist. So is this something you've, you've, you kind of... You've learned about while studying and in your profession? Um, yeah, in my profession, definitely. But it's, it's a well-known fact. Um, and again, it thinks about the kind of... The constructions behind that. What does society say about men? What is the expectation of men? Mm-hmm. And even within psychology and mental health, there's a lot more kind of work to really promote gender balances when it comes to things like domestic violence... So men can be victims of domestic violence as well. Mm-hmm. Anorexia as well. 
Um, That's shocking. Is everyone looking yeah. at me for? I, see you, man. <laughs> I, 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 I swear I didn't. I didn't I swear I didn't. I've got an athletic build. <laughs> and then and things such as suicide as well, depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, a lot of men find it difficult to acknowledge that they're depressed or to go to the GPs to talk about things. And yeah, yeah they, rather than seek help, you do find that they are the high proportion of people who do then complete suicide. Why do you think that is? Again, I just think it's the de- default setting. I mean, like men in regards to like either showing their emotions or I'm gonna say breaking down again for kind of like a lack of a better phrase for breaking down and having to explain why they're feeling upset and stuff like that is shown as a or it's, it's a sign of weakness. Yeah. Unfort- unfortunately, it's shown as a sign of weakness. But I mean, yeah. I'm not, I, it sounds so wrong. Yeah, but it is wrong. Really. It sounds so wrong. Okay, so. How how able do you find yourself to allow yourself to be vulnerable? Are you talking about now? Or, yeah. Just or hold on, define, define vulnerable, please, Adele. And it depends on what you think vulnerable is. What's your idea Listen, of vulnerable? Don't start with that psychology no, stuff. No, please, like, no, in fact, you know what? <laughs> actually, give your definition so we can actually answer it um, Yeah, on our vulnerable. equal platform. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't put it on the spot. <laughs> God. Um, okay, I'll give examples. So, you know, do would you allow yourself to be emotionally open with someone if it meant that you had to cry or you had to acknowledge that you were hurt? So do you want me to answer that? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I think just through my, my raising and just, sorry, in growing up and stuff and the way I was raised, I don't think I would cry kind of thing. No, 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 I'm being dead serious. I'm being dead serious. I mean, I've been under some some crazy pressure kind of thing. Even today, it's funny because I was sitting in the front room and my mum come through and she goes, um, I don't care if I say my name. And she goes, Andrew, um, she goes, Andrew, I need you to do this, that and the third. And I looked at her like, yo, I'm doing this, this and this. I said, any more plates for me? Do you want me to balance any more plates? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. Do you want me to balance any more plates? I mean, with this situation we've got going on, right, it looks like I'm doing like, all four straight five, five things. And she said, and she went on to like, be quite complimentary, but it was a bit of a deb- debate in that actually you've actually got this better skill set. Boom, boom, boom. And I looked and I thought to myself, hey, that's a compliment. I thought to myself, oh, fucking, she, she stroked my ego there. Or I got, she stroked my ego. Then that was by accident or design. And then I thought to myself, you know what? <laughs> accident or design, all right? I thought, I'll take that. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Actually, I think it's well known, certainly with my household, my father and my mother and probably my siblings as well, is that I'm probably the strong, just probably the strongest person. I know I'm the oldest, but I think the things that I think as a family we've had to deal with kind of thing, um, is made myself stronger. None of them have really seen any real signs signs of weakness in relation to myself, whether it's crying or this and a third. The only time anyone's really seen me break down is at wake. Barring that, no one's seen any real sign of weakness. And in any terms of like in terms of like tasks and stuff like that, I get them done. It's not a problem. Anything in regards to the family, not a problem. But in relation to like being vulnerable and explaining how I feel, I've got no problems whatsoever. I mean the things that not that I've been through, but in terms of like traveling and stuff like that and being alone and being vulnerable and the things that I went through actually when I went traveling mm-hmm. taught me so much. And the thing is you actually learn a lot about yourself. So I've got no problem sitting down with a female and having a conversation as to how I feel, my um, what makes me emotional, emotional, um, sorry, emotional, sorry, that's the ray there. All right, um, got, <laughs> got, got me doing three syllables in two. Pause. All right, <laughs> All right sorry. Um, yeah, in regards to being emotional and um, emotional, and anything else is not a problem for me at all. I know exactly who I am. I'm very, very comfortable. And I think it's the most important thing in life and the journey that we do in terms of actually getting to know yourself. Not many people know themselves. I know Mason touched on very, very quickly. I think he was saying he was unsure as to whether he should be crying or this and the third. Sometimes it can actually take a lot for you to cry. So that's first and foremost. That's one thing I'm very aware of. I can see 
I can watch something and it can be really, really emotional. I can really be in tune with it, but no, actually, I might be on the verge of crying, but it's actually not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to happen. It will take another. It will take another ten minutes. But guess what? There's only nine minutes left. All right, so that's not going to happen. So I'm quite comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very in tune with myself. I've got no problems whatsoever. That's why I think I like. It's funny because I say these this lot. I say this to these lot all the time that I really enjoy. J- Whoa, that's definitely Ray and Ray there. I really enjoy dating because like you get, like away from like the um for men dare I say the thrill of I'm gonna say thrill of the chase in terms of getting to know each other and well getting to know each other and stuff like that. I just I love the, the interaction, the conversation, all that type of stuff. And then and by more often than not, that's kind of what I don't want to say kind of what the woman is looking for, but I think it kind of like gives you a bit more balance when you're talking to somebody. Okay. What does so gives you a bit more balance? The um, the conversation in terms of being yeah. a bit more in tune with yourself. Yeah, hundred percent for me anyway. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so what about you? Do you allow yourself to be vulnerable? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not um, I think it's something to to work on, but I'm not going to be actively seeking myself, put myself in a situation to be vulnerable. Yeah, again, that may be going back to the throwback of being raised as a man, and not to say raised as a man, but raised in the old school um, mold of being a man, to not show vulnerability, not to show emotion, so to speak. If you're sad or upset or worried about something, you just bottle it up, so to speak. Do you know what's mad? And a lot of my family will probably relate to this here, and some friends. I seem to be the go-to guy in terms of... Mm-hmm. In terms of people speaking to me, yeah. asking for whether it's opinion advice or air to listen to, a sh- not necessarily, I don't really, people don't really cry on my shoulder, but yeah. just, I generally, I don't know what it is. What I must give off that persona that I'm the go to guy for that. And I just feel like I don't, I don't want to push that on no one else. Like, with, like when I need, I don't even really need to go to people, but sometimes it's something you just want to r- let rip or whatever. And I just feel bad for putting a burden on people. Like, I, I just feel bad, like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I proper feel bad, like, I can't do it. So I'd rather let stuff pent up, build up, whatever. Yeah. And, but I won't burden people with it, do you know what I'm saying? See, I think, sorry to cut you. Right. Not, not to say, for those listening, not to say I might, like, you're my people, so you're always welcome to come, like, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to vulnerability, there's, there's the side of being vulnerable with your partner. So if you're with, uh, whether it's a guy or a girl, mm. when you're vulnerable with that person, it's a bit different because the intimacy level is... There's a different relationship, but being vulnerable, say like, I could be talking with the boys, I can be vulnerable in terms of really dropping a mask and giving them how I feel about, okay, so this situation with, her, with my girls going on, I could drop the mask and feel vulnerable and tell them how I actually feel about it, rather than keeping it pent up and, and fronting and doing the whole bravado thing that no, nothing can hurt me or blah 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 do you know what I mean so there's, I think there's two different sides of vulnerability in that sense there is, I mean I, I 100% agree with him but you know what is I mean again obviously I think maybe just my own experiences I mean certainly with, with these two I mean we've had moments not moments, we had several moments where we've like dropped our masks and kind of like explained how we feel and stuff like that and then actually in reading this book I've looked back and I thought to myself by and large alright more often not, because we used to be out, obviously, New Year's Eve, obviously, is a big night, obviously, in, in the year. I don't know if Mason actually recalls. Virtually every single New Year's Eve, people who would sit in the car, whoever drove, who was the designated driver, would sit in the car for about four hours after the rave, and we'll be talking about life. And I think, yo, we were having some real intellectual conversation and dropping the, dropping the mask without actually realising at that point in time. 
Some real drop in the mask, and then even the the geese. The I must have got dropped home first because I don't remember them conversations. Cool, but even then, it's funny. It's mad funny because like no, even no, even um like the guy you were talking about. Yeah. I remember one time yeah. we were. I was must have been about say 15, 16 years of age, mm. and actually I credit this person. One of our brethren actually called me, and he goes, "Yo, and yo, Andrew, because are you depressed?" And I'm like. <laughs> No, 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 because obviously you're kind of penting things up. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm now, I'm kind of probably going through things and all that type of stuff. And I told him, no, nah, I'm not depressed. I knew kind of people were thinking like that because maybe my mood, obviously, as of late, hasn't quite been the same. But then I was having a conversation with the guy that yeah, we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And then I kind of opened up and he was able to express, I was like, this is, this is what I'm going through. Boom, 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 boom. And this is actually how I feel at this moment in time. I feel I'm going. I'm entering a transitional period in my life, and I feel I need to be very, very serious as to what I'm going to do next. Which is the reason why I'm actually like this. I said I'm not too sure whether other people are actually going through these type of things, but this is the way I feel. But in relation to in relation to women, sorry, because um, I kind of wanted to kind of continue on the point you made, mm-hmm. is I feel certainly with your boys you can drop your mask and I think you're kind of generally going for the same thing but I feel certainly when you're in a relationship or certainly kind of even seeing that person I think you can take that relationship to another level I think if I drop my mask and you drop your mask I think we're on a level playing field now there's no none of these silly little games you know how I feel you know how I feel I know how you feel and we're both attracted to each other and let's see where this goes kind of thing and that's a, that's probably one of the reasons why I say I really enjoy dating I go in I'm prepared to drop my mask quick no nonsense <laughs> quick no nonsense obviously I'm like, no not quick quick but I mean I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable I've been yeah. travelling on my own for like three months at a time and then two months at a time where you're going into different venues and going to different hostels and you're having to introduce, your, introduce yourself to a person very very quickly and get to know each other whether it's over a drink or whether it's over this or whether it's over that. You're going to the beach with people who you met like three minutes ago kind of thing. So you've got to drop your mask. You've got to get to know them. None of this guarded stuff. Um, I don't want to know all that. You've got to explain yourself. You know what I mean? But that's on a, Slightly that's on a more kind of social context. If yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, why men aren't going to GPs when they're depressed or the fact that they there's a high proportion of men who commit suicide or complete suicide. Those kind of levels of vulnerability. Cool. I'm glad. You know, Ray's, Ray's dictating the pace today. So I'm quite... I'm going to be very, very open to, uh, very open today. So you spoke about the GP. I've had this conversation with you before. Okay. Going to the GP, going to the dentist is not a problem for me. I'm at the, I was at the dentist two weeks ago. The dentist knows me very well. They know I've got... I know, where, what month are we in? We're in April. I'm back there July. I don't know when it's July, but I've already booked my appointment. They already know. I booked my appointment. I finished my appointment. I book it again straight away. So I'm here in July. With the doctor, the same thing as well. I don't muck around with the doctor. In relation... Funny you say that. I was in a situation where... Um, um, at a work situation actually I'm not fussing this and saying this in any way shape or form but a work situation where the doctor how much do I want to say <laughs> actually Ray can't dictate everything <laughs> alright well what I want to say is I had to confide in someone it was actually um, call it a psychologist I'm not too sure exactly what she was called alright yeah. me I'm a very very strong person I'm very very comfortable in sitting down and having a conversation with anyone I was actually instructed you need to go see this person not because you think you're upset or this and the third actually this is just the protocol I go down right, I go down I sit with this person guess what happened she cried <laughs> mum's life she cried and I was sitting here and I was thinking to myself what am I doing here well from what you've told her yeah from what I told her she cried I don't know if I've ever told you this before. You told me. Yeah, I told, yeah, told, you, no, you ain't told I've me. I've told you. No, you ain't told me. She cried. Okay. And I said, I'm thinking to myself, like, you, like, I mean, I was very comfortable in explaining myself, but I mean, again, again, because I'm a very open person, I've had this conversation. Well, at the time, I have, I have to have this conversation with my man anyway, so that's not really a problem. But 
in now having this conversation with um, a specialist, I'm having a, I'm, we're having this conversation, and I'm sitting there, I think, I don't necessarily want to be here, but I'm happy to have this conversation with you, all right? Um, so there's nothing I'm really going to leave out. Um, in terms of my emotions, they're pretty much in check. Again, my, I'm emotionally quite balanced. Have this conversation, and she has the problem. I was very surprised with him. Actually, no, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised with him, honest, but it made me think to myself, it's probably the last time I'm going to see you, actually. Understandably. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably the last time I'm going to come see you. But in relation to other men, I just feel that, um, like, dropping that mask of vulnerability then makes them feel weak. And I think that's something which a lot of men are very uncomfortable with. Whereas I actually don't see it as weak. If I'm in control of what I'm saying, that's the way I look at it. If I'm in control of what I am saying, all right, and if my emotions are in check, then I'm in control. Forget the, like, the like this, I was reading, there's something in regards to afraid. And I was in a situation, remember, when I was in, sorry, I closed my eyes when I'm thinking, like, really thinking. All right, so I was in, um, like, crossing a border, like, Bolivia to, or Peru into Bolivia. And I remember this very, very carefully. And that uh, I knew these individuals couldn't see, I, I couldn't allow them to see fear in me, all right? And although I might have been a little bit afraid, that could never, I could never show that to them in any way, shape, or form. So I had to control that emotion. So following, like, learning to control those emotions, like, I was comfortable and calm from there on in. Going back to, like, in terms of uh, health, um, obviously, as we know, in our community, black community, like, prostate cancer is a big thing. Yeah. A lot of us don't go and get it checked. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you would do? Like... I'm not going to lie. It's not on my... I'm going, mate. Oh, okay. It's not on my list of things to do. But this is what I mean. It's not on my list of things to do. But again, going back to the whole us as men not want to be vulnerable and not going to see the doctor. I mean, know that the prostate, especially in the black community, black men, it's a bit more um, prevalent. Mm -hmm. So realistically, we should be more willing to just go out, cool, let's go and get that sorted out or at least checked. You know what I mean, but we don't because as men, it's like, boy, do you know what? I don't really want to have no one putting anything around themselves. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's that that stigma comes with it. That doesn't concern me having someone having to. Yeah, no, yeah. of course, I'm not, I'm not saying that's the case, but in general, yeah, it's like as men, we won't go and get it checked out. Yeah, it's just, and I don't know what it is. It's not, I, I can always say oh, I don't have the time, but you can make time when things are important. When, when something really, when shit is the fan, you need to make time, you will make time. Yeah. Mm. It's one of those things, if I randomly ran Pock on a Saturday morning and he goes, I'm going to get a prostate cancer check, mm. I'm not doing nothing. I might jump on board. Apart from that, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. literally, I'm being dead serious. That and saving my health, mm. literally, it's like cold, flu, I just, I'm not dying, I'm not dead. I don't yeah, need to go. Yeah, literally, yeah. that's just how I am. It's how I am. Like, just get on with it, you know, like. Why do you reckon that is though? Because I, I, I feel the same way, but I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you why. I just. It is what it is. It is. I, I think it's like it's it's a it's, there's definitely vulnerability. Like, should let's be honest, you're, you're taking your clothes off. I'm not bothered about that. Doesn't concern me. So what does Listen, concern? I've been Thailand. I've got massaged by a flipping man. Yes. Yeah, so. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. But yeah, cut that. <laughs> Sorry, but go on. You were saying that doesn't concern me. We have to strip down and they have to squeeze up on all that. That don't concern me at all. It's just the whole... Just the go It's just the whole... It. Doing it do and... It. You know what I'm saying? The organising, doing it, waiting around. I'm just like... In my head, it's weird and it shouldn't be like this, but the whole... The balance or the ratio doesn't weigh up of... You know, um, it should be like 80, 90 go and check, 10 not or something like that. It just doesn't weigh up. It's like 70 waste of time, 30 go and do it. That's how it sits in my mind. 
which is weird. So it's nothing to do with fear or anything. It's, it's just so like I find that it's, 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 it's not it's not fair at all. Yeah. It's not fair at all. It's just I feel fine. I must be fine. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, how it yeah, is. Yeah, that's, that's I promise you. Yeah, I promise you. I didn't know that actually. My dad didn't know. Well, obviously, being a man, I didn't. I just think I felt people. Um, people might be uncomfortable at the same time, even finding out they do have um, prostate cancer. Because once you do, once you once it's confirmed. That's another set of that's another, that's another set of problems. Yeah, of that's, hey, that's, that's a true a, point. That's, that's a true another point. set of problems. I'll be honest. Right about now, I feel fine. I'd rather not know. So tomorrow I go in there and they tell me I've got something wrong with me. Now I've got all of this worry and stress and all of this on my mind. Whereas the day before, I didn't know FA, sweet FA, and I felt fine. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So it's almost that as well. I'd probably rather not know, which is bad, but I'd rather not know because I feel fine right now. Cool. 